Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to a very unique edition of Nothing But Airtime for February 23rd. Today's Nothing But Airtime. It's going to be a, a behind-the-curtain look, uh, a, kind of an about me as the host, Cole Rains, about where I'm at in my life, why why I've decided to do this. I, you know, I, I figured if I'm going to grow the show, I would like the listeners to know a little bit about me, a uh, little of my expertise, what I look for in basketball teams. I've kind of hinted at that when I go into Tinder takes. Um, so it's going to be a little less on the basketball side, a little more about what we have planned in the future, what we have planned for the end of the week, interviews we would like to do for the show, when the offseason, what are we going to do? So some behind the scenes, scheduled stuff for the show and an about me today. Um, but first, we're going to hear for a company that has helped me along the way. It's given me this platform to talk, Anchor. So as I said, not any NBA talk today. I've been kind of swamped with school College baseball is starting up. I'm heading into finals week this week, so we are all kind of catching up a little bit. So this will be a bit on the shorter side today. I have a life outside of watching basketball and talking about it too, just like all of you do and what you do in your free time hobbies. All of it, you guys get it. Um, but no, I, I'm a college student. I'm a construction management major, fourth year. I play college baseball. I reside in Milwaukee, all that fun stuff. You know, I... I love watching basketball. It's been kind of an escape. Um, and as uh, as you heard when I interviewed Peyton, I'm a sucker for a good story. Hence why every Thursday I take time to talk about the movies I'm watching, the TV shows I would recommend. And I listen to your guys' recommendations on our Twitter at nothing but airtime as well. Um, I, as a sucker for a good story, I don't think there's a better way of saying it. I watch the WWE for a good story. I watch... WandaVision right now is for a good story. All the Marvel movies are a good story. You know, everything, I, that's kind of what I've been into as I'm binging WandaVision right now. And we'll get into that Thursday where I, I give you some top tens, top fives of different Marvel lists, I guess you could say, characters, scenes, movies, all that. It'll be Thursday. Hoping we get an interview with somebody for that one. But just uh, about me, I, a college baseball player, I've always had a passion for watching sports before this show. I, this show actually took place of what was called Reigns Radio, which I did with my father who played uh, minor league baseball with the Bre Atlanta Braves organization. And uh, he kind of gave, it was a baseball heavy show, kind of gave a, a, a deep insight to some of his expertise, some of his knowledge, what we thought was going on in the inner workings of baseball. And then I decided to branch off. A buddy of mine said, hey, let's do this thing. We did Takes from the Nosebleeds as another podcast I appear on. I don't do it off. I would say I, I try to do it as much as I can, but with life and the whole baseball thing, school thing, it gets in the way sometimes. But I've been able to do that over the past year with a couple of pals as well. I have wrote uh, sports-wise. I have wrote yeah, pretty much sports-wise, a little media-wise as well. For about three years now, I've uh, it was always a hobby I like doing. I, I took it up when I was injured my in high school, uh, my junior year. I sustained an injury pitching, and uh, it kind of gave me some time to dive deeper into hobbies outside of baseball stuff I liked doing. So, and of course, what was that was watching more movies, listening to new new music, finding a good TV show, and binging it. You know, watching sports every third watching the NBA every Thursday night, NBA on TNT, which I think is 
does the best job. I know they always have heavy criticism about their product and Shaq not knowing the players and Barkley and all that. But I personally love it, and it's always must-watch television every Thursday night for me. <laughs> I I did this show because it was it was 2021. I felt my life was starting to slow down a little bit. I'm not taking 17, 18 credits a semester. I'm down to 12, 13. Baseball is starting to slow down a little bit. You know, now it's starting to ramp up as we head towards the spring here. But I, I, I've always wanted to do something where it was just me and the mic. I've always wanted to to talk to you guys about what I like in a in a NBA team, what I look for in a movie, what I look for in a TV show. But I look for new music and you guys have done a great job, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, all of it, responding with what you like about the podcast. You, you've been pretty active on the Twitter. I believe we're up to 800 followers. And this was just a month ago that I started this or just over, I'd say, five weeks now we're, we're going on. And, and you guys have done a great job uh, of helping me grow the product and making me feel like I'm doing something right. So I thank you for the, those that have listened. I want to thank Peyton for coming on as an interview. And, and that's, that's, I'm going to start trying to do that more for the show. Um, looking at interviews down the road, I've talked with the Milwaukee Bucks G League organization, Wisconsin Herd. I'm hoping I can get some sort of employer, employee of the Wisconsin Herd. I've talked about possibly getting his social, their social media manager on, hear how his inner workings of his life are, if he's down in the G League bubble and all that. That will possibly come out sooner rather than later as I've been in communications with them. I've been in communications with some young, young and up and coming artists, possibly try to get an interview with them, see how their lives of COVID have changed. Uh, no actors yet, but I'm just trying to, to give garner a show that I think is interesting, but all of you will like. And, and when you look at young and up and coming music stars, you know, how are they getting their music out in this weird time of uh, coronavirus and the pandemic and quarantine and all that. And, and I, I mentioned the G League. How are they doing in the bubble? Are they bringing down the social managers? Are they bringing down all their employees of the team? So stuff I found interesting, I, I, I'm trying to build the podcast more with. Now, it's not, a, it's not the easiest thing in the world to try to book a guest right now. Everyone's going crazy, online work, uh, their families, whatever. I get everyone has lives, but I'm trying. And I think down the road, we're going to be a little bit more interview heavy on Thursdays. Um, as I said, social media managers of different companies, uh, young and up and coming stars in the music industry, basketball players, maybe college basketball players. Who knows? We'll see moving down the road what is in store for nothing but airtime. Looking looking at the offseason, I know this comes out two times in a week, Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday is always a heavier NBA with the exception of today where I said I'm a little busy, haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of the NBA um, we'll get into about halfway through the show. I'll take a break and we can I'll go off the cuff of what I saw this weekend and give it a little 10-minute segment on that. But no Tinder takes today, no studs and duds today, no beating the buzzer today, just kind of an about the show and about me uh podcast here. And um, but you know, I NBA wise, when it's in the offseason, it tends to pick up the most. And you talk about free agency and you talk about all the rumors and who's dating who. I mean, NBA is the most media-driven sport out of the major four, if you want to consider the NHL in there as well. It probably goes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. The bottom two could probably flip. But that's what drew me to the NBA uh, so much. As a kid, I, I grew up in Chicago, and that was right around when Derrick Rose 
what had his meteoric rise to to stardom and then the uh, atrocious fall i guess you could say with the injury and everything that happened there but rose was one of my favorite players you know every kid in the chicagoland area was trying to do his like patented double clutch reverse layup and, and all that fun stuff i broke my heart every year watching lebron beat him i i'm not a, a a keen guy to get in the goat conversation because I think there's a goat of every era, but LeBron is, and 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 will be one of the best players I've ever watched in the NBA. It's it's him. I I was unluckily never able to watch Jordan in his prime. I saw the Last Dance, and I know it showed all the the big things of his. And obviously, I I think he deserves a spot up there. But from what I've seen, born in 1999, Kobe's on the list, Duncan's on the list, and Whiskey's on the list. Uh, LeBron, uh, top 10 players that I've seen, uh, those guys all deserve. I'd have to dive a little bit deeper. Maybe that's something we'll get into in the offseason. You know, I'm going to get into a little bit more of top all-time lists. I'm going to get into more of looking at all-time dunkers, all-time passers, with including a motion picture minute or a TV show treasure. We're only going to be going once a week, though, on Wednesdays in the offseason. So it's going to be a – I know I do two episodes a week. It's about 50 minutes each. In the offseason, it would be about an hour and a half on Wednesdays, kind of stacking the slate a little bit. And then when the NBA season comes back, we'll go back to two. Um, so it's going to be a, a ever-changing field a little bit in the offseason. I'm learning just like much of you are, too, about what you like, what you don't like about the show. Um, a segment I have really liked and I've got a lot of positive feedback about is Tinder Takes. And on Facebook the other day, a, a, a listener asked me, you know, how do you gauge who you're swiping right, who you're swiping left, and who you're swiping up on now? I mentioned this on the show a little bit. I kind of I, I kind of hinted at it, but what I like looking for in in teams are a few stats. I like defensive efficiency. I mean, obviously, when you're playing elite level defense, you have a spot in the playoff contention. I mean, you look at know, the Sixers are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA right now, and they're top of the Eastern Conference. The Jazz are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA right now. They're top of the Western Conference. Same with the Lakers. Same with the Clippers. Same with the Bucks. I know they have given up a, a few big amount of points here, and they're scuffling a little bit, but defensively they are starting to take form uh, here. But I love looking at defensive numbers, and another one I like looking at is how soft the defense is. I like looking at how many offensive rebounds are you giving up per game, how many second-chance points are you giving up per game, how many points in the paint are you giving up for a game. Because I know big men are kind of – I'm starting to come back around a little bit looking at Jokic and Embiid as MVP favorites. but Big men are, 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 I don't want to say underrated is not the uh, correct term, but undervalued part of the game. And uh, I, a guy like Drummond, I've, I've hinted at, I don't like him and the value that people are putting him at as a trade. Uh, 15 points a game on 17 points or 17 shots is absolutely abysmal as a big man. But when you get double, double level performances every night, that's, of course, teams are going to look at that and their eyes are going to pop out of their head like Elmer Fudd. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with in the paint. He'll get second chance opportunities and he'll legitimize the team's chances. If you're the Nets or Celtics by getting a big man that can secure a rebound every time. Now, as I said, big men are a little undervalued and that's why I like looking at the stat of how good are your big men? Cause come playoff time, you, you, the, the top contenders, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, maybe even. Celtics are a little bit different, but all those four teams, they have star forwards or big men. Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic is another star big man. 
Siakam's another star big man. Sabonis, like you have all the. It's, it's starting to come around a little bit with the big men being a in favor. So you and I'm I, maybe I'm a little early to the party, but I think that we're going to start to see three pointers dip, and it's going to be an inside out game again. It's going to be all that fun, um, and, and that's why I value that offensive chance, the rebounding, and what your center brings to the table defensively. Because paint, if you're a soft team, you just won't win. I mean, so many cases of that throughout the history of the NBA. Another stat I, I like looking at is free throw percentage. Um, nobody's guarding you. Nobody's guarding you. I've talked about this with RJ Barrett extensively. Free throw percentage gives you a good look about how effective and efficient a score can be. If you're shooting 66% from the line, that means, and you're shooting, I don't know, 49% from the field, one, either the free throw percentage is going to go up or the field goal percentage is going to go down. So, and, and ten, it tends to be the latter than rather than the free throw percentage seeing an increase. So that's a stat I really enjoy looking at for young players. How effective of a score are you? You know, I was never a, I guess we'll get, bring it back to about me here. I, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but I was never a, 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 a basketball player. I played my freshman and sophomore year. I play a lot of pickup though. And I talked to a lot of people smarter than me about the basketball game. Um, overtime heroics have done a great job of putting me in, uh, communications with those that are, are just as knowledgeable. I, we can kind of trade our ideas about who and where we're looking stats-wise, teams-wise, players-wise. Overtime Rolk is the company I've blogged for the past year and a half now, maybe. So go check them out as well. But back to my – I've never played – I was never a big basketball player. I was a college baseball player. But as I, I watch basketball a lot, and I can tell you the soft teams from the not soft teams. And, and – and those soft teams, I brought out the fraud list a little bit. I think the Celtics are a little soft, and I think I know Joe Kick's in the middle, but I think the Nuggets are a little soft too. And those are the kind of the the big reasons why I had them. Now, free throw percentage, offensive rebounds given up, points in the paint given up. You know, those are all control. I wouldn't say controllable, but they're more controllable than how many threes you hit per night, how many uh, times a team will turn it over. I guess you can play good D, but when you're playing a team like the Bulls, it you're not going to control them turning the ball over too much compared to how many offensive chances you're going to give up on the glass or, or how many points in the paint you'll give up, how many free throws you're going to miss. Those are all controllable outcomes in an NBA game, I feel. Controlling the controllables. I mean, you hear it in baseball, you hear it in football, you hear it in NHL. Wherever you look, it's a, it's a penultimate idea of being successful in sports. So I look at those controllable stats. And, and, and another stat I like looking at is how many times you do turn it over. You know, how are your point guards doing? What is the assist to turnover rate? What is the uh, what is the amount of passes thrown away? You know, we see turnovers can cost teams championships. I mean, look at Seth Curry against the Cavs. I mean, there was a little bit more to that, but he turned the ball over when it meant the most. So behind the back, yada, yada, yada. I just – it was just an example. But, I mean, turnovers, free throw percentage, stuff you can control. That's what I'm looking at when I'm watching a basketball game. And I hope you guys can take that. And when you're watching, I believe, I don't know who plays in the upcoming. When you're watching the Thursday night game this this week on TNT, watch the, the team. See if they're hitting the glass hard. See if they're not allowing offensive boards. And see if they're not allowing points in the paint defensively. And see how many turnovers and free throws they're hitting. Um, those are stats I really enjoy seeing. Three-point percentage, I know that's been a big stat as the modern NBA era continues and I, I value it. I just don't value it as much. You can't hit, you can't shoot well from three. 
you can't take the attempts from three needed to climb that percentage if you're turning the ball over more than the average team. You can't shoot that. I guess when you would shoot more threes if you're giving up a lot of points in the paint, giving up a lot of second chances because you're catching up. So there's kind of a happy medium in there. Um, I think when you look at all the stats, they can how many three-point attempts, um, all that, how many three-point attempts, how many assists a game you have. Offensive stats stem from how many times you turn the ball over. Because if you turn the ball over a lot, you're going to see a dip in a lot of other stats because you're not taking as many field goal attempts. You're not taking as many free throws. You're not taking many threes, not having as many assists. So turnovers, free throw percentage, offensive rebounds allowed, and points in the paint allowed. Those are my four favorite stats to look at when I – one at one evaluating a team, free throw percentage, one evaluating player, turnovers, one evaluating a player. That's just kind of my idea. My idea is when I look at Tinder takes. Um, if you're if you're shooting well from three, you'll get a shout out. You'll probably get a swipe right. But if you're turning the ball over a lot, if you're giving up a lot of points in the paint, i.e. the Brooklyn Nets, which I think they're a statistical anomaly because you have Durant, Harden, Kyrie, they're all that. But they're still giving up a lot of points to paint. Maybe that'll come around and bite them in the playoffs. That's just kind of what I'm looking at. Evaluating, that's just kind of about me there. Um, as I said, not a very heavy show today. Um, after the break, we'll get into what I've seen the past few weeks. I'm not going to dive too deep as I would if it was a traditional Tuesday with Tinder takes or some of the news, some of the studs and duds of the week. I'm not going to dive as deep, but I'll, I'll talk about what I've seen the past weekend. I didn't get a lot of chance to watch a lot of basketball as I'm in finals right now. That whole life thing is starting to catch up, but I, I, I'll talk about as little as as much basketball as I can for the amount of for the little amount of basketball I've watched. Excuse me. So that'll be after the break. I stated in the beginning of the show I would not talk too much about the NBA, and I, I'm going to uh, live up to that. Um, obviously, the big story of this weekend, though, I'd be hard-pressed to not touch on it, the Nets. The Nets went to L.A. and beat both L.A. teams, Lakers and Clippers. Um, I think I talked about how they're kind of the statistical anomaly right now where they're giving up a lot of points in the paint, a lot of offensive rebounds, and, and you still are putting up a hundred and. 20, 130 points a game. Some, I mean, as low as 110 is as low as I've seen them dip. I They just put up a lot of points, and they can turn it on defensively with guys like Luau Carrot, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan can turn it on defensively. We've seen him at an all-defensive team level. So that, they're my pick for winning the Eastern Conference. I, as I said, I reside in Milwaukee. I'm interviewing – I'm hoping to interview somebody of the Wisconsin Herg G League organization. I would love to see the Milwaukee Bucks flourish. It was so fun in 2019 when they were battling the Raptors, the Deer District. Milwaukee died the river green, died the river green. I have an air quotes, but it was a lot of fun just residing in a, in a good basketball area. I'm about two blocks away from the Fiserv Foreign where the Bucks play, going to games is always fun. And that's kind of where uh, I miss it a little bit, you know? Every, every so often, being a student in the Milwaukee area, you'd get these 5 to $10 student deals. And we'd always go, and, and beer's always cheap. And it's it's always a, a spectacle to watch at the Fiserv Forum. They did such a good job on replacing the BMO Center down here in Milwaukee that it, it, it it's more of an experience than anything. Um, they, do, they got a DJ. The mascot does a great job. They were throwing shirts. They had... <laughs> 
Their halftime shows are always entertaining. It might be a little older guys, but hey, I, I can't I can't complain. They, they do a great job at the Fiserv. And that's why I want the Bucks to win. I would love to see the Bucks to win. I'm a Bucks fan, and that's why it hurts to see them struggle, see them lose five, six, four, five, six games in a row. We see the the Brooke Lopez slander online. We see the Fire Bud stuff online, and and do I agree with that to a point? I think Bootenholzer is not a, a NBA Finals coach. We've seen that forever now. Um, <laughs> but no, it's. It's a team that, you know, growing up, I was in Chicago. I root for the Chicago Bulls, the D. Rose, Jimmy Butler, Carlos Boozer, Taj Gibson, Joaquin Noah, Luau Deng, Chicago Bulls. Kyle Corford was there. Nate Robinson was there. Uh, now I'm in Milwaukee. I'm rooting for the Bucs. Good basketball has tended to follow me, and it has always been spoiled by uh, LeBron James, I guess would be a good way to put it. And when LeBron was in Miami or Cleveland, he always took away the Bulls' chances to get to the finals. And now the Bucs. I'm not spoiled by LeBron James. I'm spoiled by Jimmy Butler, the man that I was once a huge fan of out in Chicago, uh, made himself into a great player there. So it's just kind of funny to see that. I won't say full circle, but your fan, your people you're a fan of become the guys that are enemies of your team and, and all that fun stuff. That's the NBA, though, and I think that's why I'm drawn to it so much. As I mentioned, I, I sustained an injury my junior year of high school, and I had a lot of time. Um, I didn't know what to really, I don't want to say I don't really know what to do with myself. I was still in high school. Um, I had a bunch of friends that were very supportive through it, but I, I, I ever, I went from practicing 20, 30 hours a week to having 20, 30 hours a week free. I'd show up to team events in the games when I could, but, uh, on a Tuesday night, I'm not practicing. And that's where the NBA really drew me. Um, you hear, you heard the big storylines. Uh, my my dad was always a big NBA fan. He was a big fan of the Motor City Bad Boys. So growing up, I was five, six years old. I'd watch the Pistons because that's who he's a fan of. Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton. And as I said, good basketball I've always been a fan of. Pistons won a title, lost to the Spurs the next year when I was a, when I was a fan, I guess. I don't want to call myself a bandwagon fan, but I grew up watching the Pistons because my dad was there. And then we moved to Chicago, D. Rose, Jimmy Butler, so I'm going to watch the Bulls. Bulls are still there. Now I'm in Milwaukee. You got Giannis. I think just exciting basketball has followed me. And I think that's part of the reason why I am such a big basketball fan that I am. Um, it's it's crazy to talk about because I've played baseball my entire life. My father played minor league baseball. I can't remember the last or the first time I, I picked up a baseball. I mean, I'm probably two, three years old. So um, it's just crazy that I, I, I wouldn't say I'm more passionate about uh, – the game of basketball then baseball because uh, I like pitching that's what I do I'm a, a setup man I have been that forever I'm a, a sidearm right-handed guy and I followed my father's footsteps who who pitched left-handed sidearm for the Braves and and I obviously I love doing what I do on the mound but one I'd be lying to say if, that I enjoy watching baseball more than I do the NBA the NBA's product is much better than any other sport there is you can't convince me otherwise so I just they, I was captivated by good basketball, and then the storylines, the the coaching firings, the player empowerment, all the rumors, the who's dating who, it, the the fact that it's almost like a soap opera. Um, it's just this league they call it. You know, that's that's what I like seeing. It's entertainment. It can you can turn your brain off, and you can watch the NBA on a Tuesday night. You can watch the two games. You can watch the two TNT games on Thursdays. It's entertainment, and that's the key word. And that's what I'm trying to supply to you guys, the Friday flicks, the Tuesday tunes, 
the TV show Treasures, the Pick Fives. You know, there's always you want to be entertained. We're we're a species that always wants to think, and, and that's what I, I I am a little bit. I love thinking about whether it be sports or school related stuff, baseball, um, movies, TV, TV characters. Like I, you kind of see all that on our Twitter page at Nothing But Airtime. I try to put on fun little thought processes to get you through your day at work to get you excited to talk about at the water cooler, to talk about with your buddies at the bar on a Saturday night, you know? So we're, I'm trying to create this idea of, you know, I've listened to plenty of podcasts. Mixtape was a big one. The Bill Simmons podcast was a big one. You know, the overstated NBA show I like a lot. Zach Lowe podcast I did. And I, I hear all these and I, I'm trying to create the best out of what I've seen there. I like Simmons and his analysis of the NBA. I liked the mixtape idea of, you know, how they could diverge into goofy hypotheticals. And that's why I always try to end with a Reddit hypothetical that'll get you guys thinking or the pick three to defend you and the rest will try to kill you TV show characters. That's the whole mixtape thing. Zach Lowe is a very segmented, focused on NBA type show. And I really enjoy that as well. And then overstated, I take a lot of their ideas of how they analyze the game. And I, I, I kind of combine them with mine a little bit. And I, and how my brain processes basketball is I listen to all these smart people. I watch all the Shaqs, the the Rachel Nichols, the Paul Pierce's, the Kendrick Perkins, and I, I get all these opinions, and I, I kind of try to form my own. And I get that's how every NBA fan is, but I, I, I can't get enough of it. And, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to give you guys this product, why I follow it so heavily, is just the, the, the fact that Kendrick Perkins can go on NBA The Jump at 4 o'clock, give this – horrible take about LeBron James, horrible take about Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the world reacts to it. Give me another sport that does that. Maybe NFL rivals it a little bit, but the MLB and NHL are not even close to that. You know, NBA Twitter is a thing much in part because of the horrible opinions given by people online, given people on TV, on podcasts, all that. So I try to see all the Twitter. I see all the podcasts. I listen to all podcasts. I watch all the TV and uh, as much as I can, I should say, obviously I, I mentioned that we're a little hard pressed for that right now, but that's what, that's what drives me to, to form opinions about some of these players. Obviously I have my own opinions I, and I could tell you some of my favorite players to watch right now are, are guys that are getting a little overlooked like Malik Beasley in Minnesota is a absolute microwave. And I think he needs to be saved out of that rotation. You know, I've, I've talked about Minnesota thoroughly and Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, J-Mac. Like they have all these guards, Malik Beasley's there, Jared Colbert, Josh Kogi. They all play that kind of wing position outside of Ricky Rubio. And, and Malik Beasley is a guy that could probably put up 20 to 22 points a game, create his own shot and be a microwave off that six man role on a good team. And He's just rotting out in Minnesota. I liked what I saw out of him in Denver. He went to he went to Minnesota, and now he, he's he's playing good ball. But there are so many players that play that same spot that I I don't know what he's going to do there. He doesn't really have many much room for growth. He's getting what twenty five minutes a game, thirty minutes a game. Imagine just cutting that down a little bit. Be that spark plug for the Milwaukee Bucks, or be that spark plug for the Miami Heat. Got teams that need a offensive playmaker coming off the bench. I think that would be spectacular for Malik Beasley. Now, will he get traded? Absolutely not because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, but Malik Beasley's a guy I like watching. He doesn't get a lot of national rub. You know, Terry Rozier is very high on out of Boston. I watched him carve Eric Bledsoe. I'm a 
big fan of the guys that want to shove it down your throat, baseball, basketball, football, wherever it be. And Rozier's kind of has that FU mentality where he, <laughs> the Drew Bledsoe jersey was funny and the scary Terry stuff was always good. And he came in to prove a point against Bledsoe and that he did, you know, and now he's tearing it up in Charlotte. And I, I think they, the Hornets personally won that whole Kemba Rozier deal. You can't convince me otherwise, but Rozier's a guy I really like young guy that, uh, I, I'm I'm enjoy I'm enjoying his progression. I'm excited to see where he goes, you know, and and maybe that was just I, the guys, the wings that can light it up off the bench because that was me when I play basketball and when I play pickup, I'm a, I'm a spark plug. If I miss the first shot, I'll probably miss the next three. But if I make the first shot, I'm going to hit every shot that game. So my, maybe not every shot, but uh, it's a little bit of that microwave mentality, you know. And and I like watching that in NBA players. There's no. You can't tell me that there's a more entertaining experience outside of like playoff baseball, which is pretty entertaining or Super Bowl or playoff hockey is pretty entertaining too, but just on a regular night to night basis, regular season game, game 47 for the NBA game, 84 for the MLB game seven for the NFL game 26 for the NHL, like they're just a mid season game. NBA is the most entertaining product to watch because on any night, you can see a Malik Beasley, a Terry Rozier. Hell, even a we saw Joel Embiid go off for 50. Zach Levine. You can see some of these stars show their potential and, and show that, hey, give it, a, give it a minute. When LeBron's out of the league, the league's still in good hands because we have Zach Levine. We have uh, the Malik Beasleys, the Terry Roziers, the guys that are, are a little underrated in their own market. And uh, obviously, I, I'm – talking about Luca's with the league with Luca, LeBron, uh, or not LeBron, when LeBron's gone, I should say Luca, Giannis, Joel, Simmons, Mitchell, Curry when he's gone. I mean, the league is in great hands when LeBron decides to hang him up. And and even taking a step lower than those guys, like Rozier, Beasley, Levine is a guy I really like. Kobe White had a big night uh, on Monday night. There, There's a lot of spark plug scorers. And the teams that have won in the past, they have them. And I got teams like the Bucs. Uh, the Sixers have a little bit of a spark plug with Seth Curry. Uh, Lakers have a little bit of spark plug with Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, Clippers with Lou Williams. Celtics, I don't see it. Bucks, I don't see it. And, and the Nuggets, I don't see it either. Jamal Murray is so hit or miss. I, I don't even know whether to call him a spark plug or – or what, because they need more production out of him. He's been given it as of late, but we'll see come playoff time. But the teams I had on my fraud list lack that spark plug, and that's another thing I look at. You know, what does the bench scoring look like? Because when the lead, when the rotation does shorten in game five of the Eastern Conference Championship, who are you going to call on the bench uh, if your starting shooting guard is is shooting one for six in his first six attempts? Or, Malik Beasley would be great. Terry Rozier would be great. I know Terry Rozier and Malik Beasley are both starting on their respective teams, but if they were flipped to one of those top four teams in each conference, they would do damage, you know? So I'm always, I'm always kind of scheming, seeing what, where guys can go where. I mean, you hear that on the podcast all the time. I've been clamoring for Evan Fournier, Nikola Vukovic, some of those magic guys to get out of there because they can be star players on flourishing playoff teams. So that's just a little about me. I mean, as I said, we're going to keep it on the shorter side. Only 30 minutes today. 
I just wanted, you know, this podcast is going to continue to grow. The growth has been outstanding. I have to thank you guys. You guys have done a great job of listening, sharing my product, retweeting my product, jumping in on the conversation on, on the Reddits of the world, the Facebooks of the world, the Twitters of the world. You guys have been great. And I wanted to just take a moment. I'm a little busy this week. I didn't get a chance to watch the NBA. I wanted to thank you guys. I wanted in reward for you guys. I wanted to give you an idea of where this podcast is heading, interviews we might do, what it's going to look like in the off season, all that fun stuff for today. So thank you all and have a wonderful Tuesday. <laughs>